It doesn't make sense to that which is, thinks it's in. It doesn't. Yeah. Then the only way you can think of the of this is something in. Yeah. It has to frame it in the inness to understand it. Where this is about an abandonment or just a a reckoning, reckoning, recognition of the failed system that's we've been you know they we've been saddled with a very failed GPS basically. It's like circa eighteen ninety four for some people, maybe nineteen fifty three, and the maps suck. You know, you punch it in. It, as an authoritative voice, it sounds like you. Now, if another car had my voice, they'd realize, fuck, pull over and let's write some directions down because this character is fucking insane, but you believe you're still, like, worthy of trust somehow. (laughs) I mean, we listen to it all day, don't we? The only reason why we listen to it is we believe it sounds like us, but how does that, the sound just sounds like the vocal cords in our body, this body. How how does it make the leap that it's our voice? How does it get, how does it, out of the many vocal cords, out of the millions of vocal cords seemingly chirping away, this one is elevated to represent my, my voice. That's identification as self. That's it. The identification of self is the platform for a different modality. The ofness is forgotten, yes, and the wasness and will and willingness is remembered, yes. Now you were there, you're sure you will be there, and therefore you feel like you are here now, just as that which was pictured in the past and is being pictured in the future. You see yourself as a body. If that's in place, humbly, everything else is usually going to fortify that mistake. It's not going to alleviate the mistake. We believe it's going to alleviate mistake, but in fact it doesn't do that. It reinforces the mistake. So our trying to get out of something gives the thing we thought we were in of the reality that it has. You catch it. The, the mental state has a weird logic. It presents a logic to you, but its logic isn't that which is being presented. Its logic is to make something real, yes, I've got to take it to be real. So it says you're in something, you're in something, you're in something, then of course the natural response would be to get out, and that verifies the reality of the inness. If you didn't move at all, you may see there is no in. Yeah. And then there'd be no need to get out, and that's the experience of being out. It doesn't get it doesn't come about from getting out of what you're in, it comes from realizing you've never been in it. That's the experience of being out of it. That's the logic. That's how the message works. That's how the message works. This is not describing what we are and then us as what we're not trying to entertain it. We're just questioning what we're not, and then you'll realize what's been, what we are has been entertaining what we're not. <laughs> That's what it's been doing. And maybe if it gets another possibility, hey, this is fucking really boring, and it's seen as not you, it may leave this topic. It may. It may lose an incredible amount of interest in this topic of being you. Yet if the you tries to lose interest in you, that's self-obsession. That's interest in you. You can't go the way we think we need to go. This isn't a like going to a store. 
There is no store. You are what you're looking for. So any movement towards is really a movement away in most cases. Every spiritual practice, in a sense, is a moving away. In a subtle sense, in a mental level, which can actually be the dominant, dominant influence, in that mental level, trying to become spiritual verifies that you're not. That's what it does. That's how it uses it. And it does it over and over again. It's been working. Why would it fucking do anything else? Yeah. So this always gets in it. Like, this is the statement from Ramana. He says this in his writings a number of times. This one I like. I like them all. This is an old book. It's all falling apart. I realized all I wanted was this one page. <laughs> I streamlined it, which is a good move to do. So again, this is it. The presupposing the existence of a non-existent thing. The non-existent thing is getting more emphasis in, instead of, in, than that which is moving through the non-existent thing. Let's call that spirit, yes? That which enlivens the non-existent thing is very, very underappreciated to the point where, in the mental state's view, the non-existent thing has those attributes. In other words, spirit isn't moving through the non-existent thing and enlivening it. You're the source of the non-existent. You're the source of the life. But you're a non-existent thing. Yeah? Presupposing the existence of a non-existent thing, and then wanting to get, and this is what happens, as soon as that's in place, there's the presupposing the existence of a non-existent thing. Bingo, all right, off to the races. Yeah? And here we go. And then it says, there it goes. And then wanting to get salvation for that ima- that imaginary thing. There you go. And then it could be wanting to get zillions of things. Yes? First, the non-existent thing gets established as you, and then thousands of things, zillions of things that you come up with and come up against and get involved with here will all be used to point to you as the non-existent thing. That's the dilemma. That's it right there. That's it. At that point, prior to the presupposing, that's beingness. Uninterrupted, undisturbed. Then the mental state offers a possibility. The mind, oh, I'll entertain that. I'm a non-existent thing. And then that's the seeming birth of the non-existent thing. Yes? And then it goes to this point. So here, this is this is mind-boggling. This one. When your practices themselves become a means of giving life to the non-existent thing, how can they destroy it? So when all your efforts to get out of that which you're not in, yes are being used to reinforce the inness, how could they get you out of it? I mean, it's just, let it run over you. Now say it again. First, there's the presupposing. The presupposing 
is the supposing, and when the supposing of you being the doer, the haver, the feeler, the smeller, the taster, which is consciousness in contact, yes? The mental state supposes that you are that which is in contact. You is this, yeah? So it presupposes you where consciousness is and claims that you're doing the actually before consciousness and now says you're the doing of the consciousness. So you're the seeing, you're hearing, you're feeling, you're tasting, you're touching. So it claims the act of consciousness and says you're the one that's doing it. That's the presupposing. So there's the biggest, that's the first big, big heist. And then it just duplicates and replicates and in different degrees the same heist. Because now the new reference is established as a starting point. So if you looked at a Monopoly game from square three, it would look different than from square zero. And that's what happens. Yeah. The goals from square three are much different than maybe the goals would be from square zero. From square zero, that's the goal. <laughs> so you have a much easier traveling around the game board. Bought the place? Okay. Boardwalk? All right. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like... Rrr, rrr. Yeah, you travel lighter over it because you see it from square zero. And every, every big thing that ever happens on every square, if your mind cracks open on that square, it reveals it's square zero. And after a few of those revelations, you realize there are no other squares. All the other squares are appearing in square zero. <laughs> you are a home. You are what you're looking for. You are always available at all times, right where you are, with no requirement necessary. You're it. Seriously. Yeah? Okay, so you see the double win. So now the non-existent thing wants to get salvation. So it believes to do that it has to purify itself or work on itself to get it ready to receive that. And it's saying, yeah, but all your practices yeah, are going to be used to reinforce the existence of the non-existent thing. So how could they destroy it? They're feeding it. It's like this, you know, I had a very bad digestion for years, yeah? Since I was young. And I've had a lot of antibiotics from a lot of traumatic things. So my stomach was just destroyed. So I tried tons of things, you know, to get relief. And so there was this one, I decided there was Whole Foods where I live. They had like a super yogurt. Had like 30 trillion things made in Canada. So that obviously it was good. And these little bottles, they were like a milk bottle, and they're like $42 for like six or eight of them in a case. And I drank like two of them a day religiously for like a year or so. And I, I was hoping, I think I'm getting better. I'm assuming, but nothing was changing really. And so I decided, all right, I'm going to send my shit, because I don't know if you're into all that, but... The big place back then was Smoky Mountain Labs in Virginia, or somewhere in Tennessee, and they're like the best lab to check out what's going on. So I sent, you know, they, I asked them to send stuff, and they send me a thing, and you check what that you want them to look for, and it costs more money. Parasites, of course, everyone does that, especially you travel. And I said, all right, beneficial flora, everything. I send it back, and I'm waiting with, you know, take a couple of shits for three days, send it to them. Then it comes back, 
and I open the thing up, and I'm quite excited because I've invested a year of like 50 bucks a day, I mean, four days, I mean, thousands of dollars, and I read, and I look at it, no parasites, and I look at beneficial flora, zero indication of any beneficial flora. <laughs> I go, what? I just poured in 60, 100 billion, trillions of these fuckers. What happened to them? The thing that's disturbing me is eating them. It was like I was catering to the fucking bacteria that were in there, giving them the best gourmet meal they had every day. Under the idea that I was getting, I was getting it better, it was the exact opposite. That's what happens quite a lot here. You have a belief you're doing the best you can do. You have an understanding, but the understanding is off. The understanding of the starting point is off. Therefore, the understanding of the end point is off. You think there's an end point that you're going to travel and get to when you are that which, what, that which you're looking for. So the understanding fails us because we're understanding everything from a fixed reference and it's not the fixed reference. The fixed reference is non-reference. It's inherently what you are. It's not, in a it's not in a process of culminating or reaching a crescendo or completing itself. It's being. Its isness is to such a saturated point, it's being. All it is is being. There's, awareness is not doing awareness. It's being aware. That's its nature. You are reflecting things because that's your nature. This is it. When I read, I was in India when I read this thing a long time ago, and I swear to God, my 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 yoga pants were pulled down. I was like, "Fucking, the gig was up." Like, what the hell? It's sort of like what happened when I got that smoking in the mountain lab. I said, "Jesus, I got, I'm the main accomplice in this whole fucking thing." You know what I mean? This this doesn't have to be disarmed. I've got to be disarmed. Disarmed from this ignorance that I believe is so solid, and it makes total sense. If you're a body, it makes total sense that for you to receive spirituality, you must become purified because bodies get dirty. But how are you going to purify spirit? Find me a sieve that can capture spirit, a strainer that will capture the, the impurities that there isn't any. We've got it all ass backwards. This place is more of an expression of what you are than finding out what you are. Because you can find out what you are. You're busily being what you are. It's so beyond the point of finding out, it'd have to be neutered and put under a fucking mental glass and be basically dead for you to know it. And it ain't. So there's no knowing it. There's just being it. And I'm saying we're being it right now. Now we don't think it measures up to our fucking ruler of what being would look like. Hey, guess what? You're mistaken. This is it. This is the depths of beingness right now. <laughs> this is the deep end of the pool. <laughs> you don't see the difference of life. Instead of being like a missile trying to hit a target, you're chilled out. You know, the pursuit of happiness becomes like a leisurely walk because you're already content. All the dangling carrots don't look too good because you're satisfied. Yeah. 
You know, I really believe if people just felt satisfaction and contentment, they would give up these crazy ideas of awakening and enlightenment. They'd be, it would be more than enough. They would just, they'd be able to travel lighter. And I don't see what more, what more could you want here? You seem to be in this place of time, so traveling lighter is very valuable. We're not promising any change in your destiny as an action figure. The geography may stay the exact same. Your wife may get cancer. You may die this or that. But you'll travel lighter over whatever happens. That's the... That's, see, we, we are the bringer of the light. This message is not a path to illumination. There's tons of paths to illumination. This will illuminate whatever path you're on. It will illuminate whatever seat assignment you have. You'll be able to read the tea leaves because there'll be plenty of light there. <laughs> You'll be the high beam. <laughs> hey, it deflates a lot about this place. Man, I love waiting for an adventure with the hopes that it really changed me. I do. I wish I could freaking paint my face and do a fucking ceremony in Peru next to the Amazon River and, and write a, big, a, a travel blog and, oh, I had this wonderful encounter with a shaman. This guy's fucking, you know, who knows? He may be a shoemaker or something. Now he's a shaman. You know, you pay for these tours. They're just new kinds of vacations. Throw a little ceremony in. Things that weren't okay seem to be okay. Yeah? Do it in... I mean, you do it in the Amazon, it seems to be oh, great. If you do it here, it looks insane. You know what I mean? It's wonderful. I, really, it would be great. But for how long? You'd have a big peak and you'd feel full of yourself, but of course the air would be gone out quickly. And then you feel more empty than ever. Because the more you eat here, the emptier you fucking feel. Because it doesn't satisfy you. Or if it does, you wouldn't shouldn't even be here. <laughs> this talk. Then fucking partake. I wish it worked. I did tons of cocaine. Tons of coke. And you know, any addiction never reaches a point of satiation. There was never one day I hit a point and I said, thank you, Queen Coke, I've done enough. Fine, great, and gave all my coke to someone else. I'm done. That's all I need to do. I reached. Oh, thank you. I reached a plateau of cokeness. No, you become more rabid, more fucking rat-like. On and on and on. All the seeming qualities you thought you have change very quickly, and you're like a rat on two legs. That's what addiction does. Well, I'm saying the base of what's happening here is based on an addiction. The mental state is addicted to the idea of being a someone, a body. That's what it is. The whole thought system is totally about reinforcing it, supporting it, and being used to assume it, to imply it. Yeah. It's incessant. That's, that's the, what's producing the ill ease, the dissatisfaction, the uncomfortableness. Yeah. And you cannot produce stillness with agitation. You cannot, activity cannot produce stillness. It would be activity, as the great Zen master says, the third patriarch, in a famous thing called faith mind. It's very clear direction. He says, hey, can't use activity to produce stillness. Whoops, that would be activity. 
Self can't get out of self. That's being obsessed with self. If, as a self, I study two years about the obsessed, the, how to get out of self, that would be an obsession with self. Huh. It's a little trick. All it does is duplicate itself. I'm telling you, I've seen it. Yeah, You don't have to see 80,000 examples. After about 120, you've had enough. You're like, okay, I got the lesson. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whatever arises isn't me. Yeah? I'm never going to be able to be something that looks at what I am. It's impossible. This is off, this is off limits. You cannot have an experience of what you are. No fucking way. There's no authentic self you're ever going to discover in there. <laughs> there isn't. And what if, if there is one, what's going to disauthenticate it is the self that says it discovered it. You and I are what we're looking for. Wow. Yeah. So I wanted to read something for the many people who are into the course today. I like this. I better use glasses now because I couldn't even see what I was doing. Let me do another one actually from the same master. Another way of presenting the same thing. We're only using one key. We're just going to turn it like 80,000 times. I haven't left this topic in, I don't know how many fucking, 17 years or something. <laughs> There's no point. If this is in place, then everything else is just going to compound the seeming mistake. And the seeming mistake will seem to be really more real and more real and more real. And there'll be more need to get relief, but you'll be getting relief as it instead of from it. It doesn't matter. It's all duplication and degrees. That's all something's doing. It just duplicates. And sometimes a little smaller, bigger. So, and then it, it tries to find difference in something that's not different. Yeah, There is nothing called an illusion. There is no illusion. There's no thing called a dream. There's dreaming. Yeah, Nothing ever happened. Everything is happening. But nothing ever happened. All right, so here he goes. These, I'm going to have to get some new ones of these. Yeah, really bad. Lost <laughs> you cannot believe how disorganized you are. <laughs> I'm amazed I even get up to Seattle. Is oh, this is it. But this, all right, so simply stated, simply stated, as simple as possible. The problem is that there is a perception that there is an individual self that feel that sense of being a long-lasting, separate, independent entity, a thing, yes? Which wants to extinguish itself so that the state of realization will be revealed. But anything which the individual self tries to do to eliminate itself merely prolongs its own existence. You see the little catch-22? If, you, if you're damned about getting out, you're going to be damned being in. Yeah? If one sees spiritual practice as something that one does to attain realization, then there is no solution to this problem. The solution to this problem is prior to it, not after it. After it, all the solutions compound the problem. They give it more reality than ever. Prior to it, you see it as an activity. 
It's not true. And so what do you do with something that's not true? Nothing. If something's truly not so, there's no need to deny it. It's just not so. You don't have to keep being vigilant. Is it not so today? No, it's not so. Yeah? <laughs> it can only appear to be so when you and I bring breathe life into it by believing the thought system, by having faith in the thought system, by taking ourselves to be a body. So... But anything which this individual self tries to eliminate itself merely prolongs its own existence. If one sees spiritual practice as something that one does to attain realization, then there is no solution to this problem. There is no solution because the whole problem stems from the totally false assumption that this individual self has a real existence. That's it. I'd love to go to these spiritual bookstores with a stamp, yeah? And I'd stamp on the author page, you know, this statement, or the statement I read. Yes, the presupposing or non-existent thing wanting to get salvation through this book <laughs> from the non-existent thing. The fucking sales would go down like crazy. If it looked like a very authoritative, you know, this came from, ma- make up a name, Master Watso, or Master So What, you know. <laughs> Couldn't put Paul unless Shree was before it. Shree, Shree, Paul, all of them. Authenticated. But that would be great, yeah? It's a totally good book. Save yourself a lot of time. Alright, so I'm going to go to this 468. Not that I was looking for this. One day I looked, I had to go do a talk for a Course in Miracles group in New York City. And I looked at this page and I said, man, this, I like this. So I'm going to riff on it. So here it goes. This first part, I've asked people who are really proficient at the Course, they don't know what this is implying, but it says, yet we have heard a very similar description earlier, which I think is the description of what they would call the ego. I don't like the word ego, I I like the sense of self, because that feeling, there will be a feeling from a someone that they have an ego, or they, they lost an ego. That sense of being the one who had or lost is the sense of self. That's the bonding point. They'll use ego to bond itself to it. You know, it does everything. But I, So he's talking about, yet we have heard a very similar description earlier, but it was not of you. So the description of that, the, the description of the mental house is not your house. You don't have a mortgage on it. You can walk out. But there's still this strange idea yeah, that we're a body. It's fucking incredibly strange. It's a strange idea to think I stop here, yeah. Right here. You know what I mean? You know, I ever read the got in the New Testament, he says, the kingdom of heaven is within you. When I heard that from the body's point of view, I said, there must be very little parking in this kingdom of heaven. Very long and thin. You know what I mean? There's no room. But the kingdom of heaven is within you, meaning what we are. Everything is, when, is within what we are. All right, so. But still this strange idea, which it does accurately describe, you think is you. See, the whole, the, the key is there, you think is you. You never feel it's you before thinking it's you. There's you think it's you. And then there's you feel it's you, you're sure it's you, you're 
definitely sure it's you. You were sure, you will be sure, but it's thinking. Yes? <laughs> but this still the strange idea which it does accurately describe, you think is you. Reason would tell you, if you had reason, yeah? reason would tell you that the world you see through eyes that are not yours, This is a form of looking. This is not seeing. This is seeing that has been claimed and now is turned into seemingly or saddled with a seeming bifocal thing of your looking. You're looking from a dualism, a subject-object dualism. So in this view, in this vision of two-ness, you never can see fucking oneness because you're seeing from oneness. So when the looking is used to find what you are, you'll never freaking find. It's just recognizing it's not you, eh? So here. Reason would tell you that the world you see through eyes that are not yours must make no sense to you. Does it make sense to you that next Friday is more important than today? Does it really? If you were a little kid and, and it suddenly it transported to you right now, it would think you were insane that you were forestalling play because of worries about next week. You would, he would have, or she would have no idea of next week. Time hadn't set up yet in their heads. You, they would look at you as insane. Doesn't that cause you to feel a little insane that the thing that, you're, the GPS that we seem to be listening to, to such a point we call it us, really values yesterday and tomorrow more than now. Obviously, it's using now to think about yesterday and tomorrow. What more evidence do you need? <laughs> its whole basis is to displace your attention from here and put it in yesterday and tomorrow. <laughs> that should throw a, some fucking warning flag. Should go up, don't you think? What? <laughs> I mean, where you can't even enjoy the moment you're in because it's bookended with a past moment and a future moment, which imply more meaning than this moment. Yeah, this morning moment is just a it's just a, a stage to build up the story of yesterday and tomorrow. To whom would seeing such this is yeah reason would tell you that the world you see through eyes that are not yours must make no sense to you. To whom would seeing such as this right? To whom what? would the seeing send its message to it, saying here? To whom would seeing such as this send, it, send back its messages? It's not sending back its messages to what you are. It's sending back its messages to what you're not. It sees you as a body. It sees you as a product of the brain. When you think you're in, this is out. This whole thing is out. The brain is out. It may be in a body, but it's both of them are out. You could take a brain out and you'd see it. This is not what's perceiving. What's perceiving cannot be perceived. This is out, all of it. When you go inside to where you find yourself, that's out. All the messages aren't going to the spirit. They're going to your head. To verify its story. Yeah. 
So again, to whom would seeing such as this send back its message? So seeing such as this is a form of looking called self-centeredness. So seeing such as this called a form of looking, to whom would it be sending back its messages? To you as a body. Surely not you, whose sight is wholly independent of the eyes that look upon this world. We're not talking about eyesight, you know. We're talking about seeing or awareness, yeah. That which we are is totally independent of this form of looking. Totally. Surely not you whose sight is wholly independent of the eyes that you look upon the world. That look upon the world. If this is not your vision, what can it show to you? It can show to you it's not your vision. That's what something that's not your vision can show to you when it's presented as a vision. It's not your vision. That's the recognition of what you're not. Yes? You see, this thing is pointing to an idea of me as a body all day. That's where it's sending its messages back. And that's not me. That's what gives you immunity to the system. If you think the system is always about you, and you're that which it's always about, you're going to be enthralled by the system, yes? You're going to listen. You're going to listen to stuff in your head about you 40 years ago that you would never listen to it was named Stanley or Sue. There was no way in hell you would pay it, you would spend an hour thinking about what happened to Stanley 40 years ago unless you were Stanley. The 40 year ago story is not intriguing at all. It's only intriguing to you if, you, if there's a belief it's about you. That's the thing. That's the hook. This bait doesn't even have to go in the water. We go and jump up on it. It's about me. You know, oh, fuck. You go get on a train of story, and then your language was it. That's a part of the train of story. That something's imposing itself on you. We're in compliance. This is like not a passive uh, invitation. It's incredibly, I don't like to use empowering, because you're already empowered. You're just, the empowering is being uh, misdistributed. You're just, it's being distributed in a different way that's not serving you. That same faith, if it was put into something that deserves faith, would produce some incredible effects here. But we're putting into faith into a system that's failed. So the faith we put into that thought system produces anxiety. There is no way in hell What's not happening could produce anxiety. <laughs> it's not happening. It has no gumption, no juice to produce anything. It's a possibility that gets a, a production, it gets its life, it gets its thriving ability based on our ardent belief in it, our faith in it, our cherishing it. If this is not your vision, what can it show to you? Exactly that it's not your vision. That's what it is. If you see selfing, the selfing is going to show you it's not yours. <laughs> That's what it's going to do. 
If you check, if you if you keep listening to it as if it's you, you'll never see it. But if you just hear it, just like you would hear a random radio station, yeah. If you didn't, if it wasn't presented as K-Paul, if it was presented as a random station, you'd say that's fucking crazy. <laughs> it's presenting me as a loser for forty fucking years. How's that serving me? <laughs> is it enriching my life? Is it, even, is, is it even an interesting topic? It's like beating a dead horse. All right, I'm bad. I know. Fuck it. All right, I don't deserve anything. I know. Great. I know. I'm, I'm a scum of the earth. Why? Get over it. Kill me. You know what I mean? Why is it constantly whipping me with this? <laughs> what would happen if you saw it? It isn't about you. You would lose interest in it. If you lose interest in it, it has no. It can't produce any interest of its own. It can't. Its attractiveness is is, is based on it's about you. If that that little false veneer is removed, you'll see it as a fucking boring diatribe. It's on and on incessantly. If it can't hook you, it'll bring the old guns out. Yes, you're inherently flawed, or some fucking thing, or you did something when you were eleven that's exiled you from any possibility of ever being okay. You're not that fucking important. You really are. <laughs> like the Course in Miracles says, I, I sense it anyway, that the, first, the inherent guilt is the idea that we separate ourselves from God. Yeah? Now, I remember when I was young, I was six years old, my father got very ill. I was the youngest of four. And my mother sat me down and said, you know, Dad's not going to be able to take you to play ball, you know, because he's too ill. And she went to explain that what was going to happen, you know, is because he's very ill. And they brought the family doctor, and Dr. Jane Quinto sat me down and told me, you know, your dad's very ill, and, you know, da-da-da. But the only way I heard it was, what did I do to make my father not want to play with me? That's the guilt. That's self-centeredness. You think you have you have you want to be totally irresponsible, but you feel like you're totally responsible for this fucking place. So when you hear about beauty and love and perfection, and then you see your day, it's an incredible chasm. And the only see, way you can interpret it is I must have fucked them done something for this to be this way. Yes, that's how it is. That that's like the, the the supreme fertilizer. That's like miracle grow for selfing is guilt and shame. It'll keep you hoeing imaginary fields of fifty years ago, maya coping all day. You become a fucking slave, indebted worker. Yes, and then you try. You want just I'll do. You'll do so much just to get a little break. Like let me enjoy a half hour TV show. Don't call me up into the mental accountant's room and they'll fucking crucify me. You're not doing enough. You should be meditating more than five hours a day. It's, it's a slavery, isn't it? So here. If this is not your vision, what can it show you? Just that. The brain cannot interpret what your vision sees. So stop fucking trying to feed it all this shit. <laughs> it's just collating it and making it a huge morass that you're stuck in. It's the way it translates spirituality is that it's something that you can have and express, but it isn't your nature because you already have a body nature. How can you have two natures at once? <laughs> this brain, the brain cannot interpret what your vision sees exactly. 
just you would understand. That's a beautiful statement. This you would understand. The brain interprets to the body of which it is a part. The brain, the selfing, has a lot of catches mitts, and whatever is thrown, it's usually the first mitt that goes up. So when you think you've heard a message, I would actually question that. Because something may have claimed to be the hearer of the message, and as soon as it catches the message, it neuters it to make it something it can understand. And this is totally ununderstandable by the, by the system that the vision doesn't understand. Yeah? What you are has, does have no understanding of this giant uh, homorific type of odyssey to get back to where we always are. The brain interprets to the body. This is the most important statement, I think, here. The brain, which is collating all this activity, yes, interprets to the body. It does not interpret to what's seeing. It interprets to the seeming seer. That's what it does. If you expect it to do anything else, you're sorely mistaken. That's what the brain's going to do. It's going to interpret this whole event to the body. That's its reference, that's its frame. That frame isn't going to change. You're not going to change the snake into something other than a snake. So, the brain interprets to the body of which it is a part, exactly. But what it says, you cannot understand. Yet, you have listened to it. <laughs> See, the difference to me is hearing and listening. Hearing is conscious contact, yes? You hear the vo- you hear the sounds that thoughts are held in, yes? But listening is different. Listening is sort of a devotion. Listening is an interest. And that's where your interest is getting displaced and then redistributed. The interest that could be enriching you right now will be now dis- displaced and distributed into yesterday and tomorrow. You'll be interested in more how you look than how you feel. You'll be interested in this. The whole thing will change, yeah? And then it doesn't make fucking sense. Yet you have listened to it, and long and hard you tried to understand its messages. You have not realized it is impossible to understand what fails entirely to reach you. The brain's transmission and communication here cannot reach what you are. You're never going to be what you are by trying to understanding it from what you're not. You'll never, never get it. You have received no messages at all you understand. <laughs> For you have listened to what you can never to what can never communicate at all. <laughs> Think then what happens. Yes, all right. Let's see. Denying that what you are and firm in faith that you are something else. That's the point. The, the juice of this dreaming is the firm in faith. It's the faith being put into the wrong vehicle that produces the all anxiety and all the harvesting of imaginary crops from imaginary fields called the past and the future. It's faith and faith alone. 
So, denying what you are and firm in faith that you are something else. That's it. Do you think that faith is something other than what you are? That it's, that it's an action coming from or stemming from something that isn't source? That's it. Faith is a force that manifests here in the vehicle it's put in. It's saying it very clearly if you read it, yeah? You hear it this way, right? Denying what you are. So, what happens is when you have faith in that you're a body, it's the active denial of what you are, yes? You may not know you're denying what you are, but actively being identified with what you're not is in this world of duality, it's the, not, it's the denial of what you are, yeah? So in that denial of what you are, and firm in faith that you are something else, this movie gets legs. You think it's real, yeah? How could something that seems so real seem unreal in a nanosecond? Because the faith was removed, basically. The faith was, was removed, and then you saw anew. It's simple as that. You can't remove the faith. It's seeing that that which you're not, as it said right here, it's this exactly what happens in a way. It's like that. What can that tell you? It can only tell you it's not you. That's what the system does. The system that's being used to point to the imaginary you, which there is nothing there, can reveal itself as not being about you. That's its. That's its value. That's how, by seeing what you're not, that's what you are. So when the seeing realizes it's not that which being alluded to or presupposed or pointed at, that's being what you are. You're the seeing of what you're not. That's catching you in an action pose. <laughs> not as a nuded topic that you have an understanding about. That's dead. I mean, you see it. You're seeing it. It's live. You're on the pulse. You're, the onness is pulsating and its presence is available. So denying what you are and firm in faith that you are something else, this something else that you have made to be yourself becomes your sight. So now you're not listening to the spirit or to the innerness, innermost, or whatever you want to talk about. You're not listening to that silence. You're listening to the to the microphone, to the megaphone, to the fucking speaker system. Yeah? And you by listening to it incessantly and having and being firm in faith. That it's so, it can seem to be so, maybe for 80 years, 70 years. It can't keep this forever going, but it can make it seem to be real for 80 years. So, yet it must be the something else that sees and not, and as not you. Explains its sight to you. That's right. It's that which, it explains its sight to you. Your vision would, of course, render this quite unnecessary. Your vision, yes? The sense of the onness, or the incessant onness, or the obvious, let's say you want to call it consciousness, constant demonstration of consciousness is in contact here, or if you want to call it something beyond consciousness, awareness, that becomes obvious that that's the source, that's the root, that's all, everything, everything else 
proceeds from there. That precedes everything else. There's nothing beyond that. Yeah? Now you're on to something. Now you're on square zero. And when you're on square zero, there are millions of appearances of tons of squares, but they're all within square zero. They don't take the place of square zero. They don't replace square zero. The square zero is the fucking inherent baseline, which is we're all awake. Yeah? Now, when we play the game of this and that, we can seem not to be awake, or we can seem to be awake. Try them. See which one you like. You'll be a much more important star in seeming to be unawake. You'll be a cameo performance in when you're awake to be awake. You're not. You'll be like you know a fucking role player in a big epic. You know the spotlight won't be on you all day. You'll feel like or maybe bored. You may feel like. You're apart from everyone. All this shit can occur, yeah? It's not like, I'm telling you, you can make a whole lot more out of experiences than you can out of what you are. <laughs> it can't be mine for much. It just is. <laughs> I wish I could sell it, but most people wouldn't want to even buy it, you know? <laughs> Unless it translated into an experience, and it doesn't. It will influence your experiences, because how not how best to influence dreaming than to influence what's dreaming? Yeah. <laughs> Once you, when what's dreaming is influenced, that influence tremors throughout all the dreaming. You travel lighter. Yeah. And then what more do you want? Your vision would, of course, obviously, that's how obvious it is. I love it throws that little statement. Well, of course. Your vision would, would render this quite unnecessary. Of course it would. <laughs> how long, it doesn't say it's going to be a long, arduous program to arrive at which you, where you already are. It's like instantaneous. If you want it to stabilize for you, it won't be looking like that. But not you, it's totally stable. If you want an experience, it's, not, it's going to be like a butterfly. It won't land on you. But if you're fucking... <laughs> it's always available at all times. Because you're it. There's a big difference between being and experiencing. Totally, usually different. Experience is defined by coming and going. Therefore, very, in a sense, utterly empty in a lot of ways. But what we are is not empty. It ain't coming or going. It's empty, but it's incredibly full. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It's nothing. The gift that constantly keeps on giving. And if you stick with nothing, it's going to become a huge something to you. But if you want to play around in the commerce of something, it's always, it's hopefully, if there's grace, it will end up adding up to nothing anyway. So why not just start at nothing? You're going to arrive there. So, if yet if your eyes are closed and you have called upon this thing to lead you, yeah, you know how you call it upon it to lead you? You call it me. That's how you call it to lead you. You call it me. That's it. Comes right over and starts telling you how you were, how you're going to be, how it is, how they were, how they're going to be, how it is, how the world is. <laughs> goes on and on and on. Fucking has no idea what's going on. But has thousands of ideas about what's going on. And now you're listening to it. Not hearing it anymore. You're listening to it. It's like people, you know, you can get indoctrinated if you watch a certain news channel. 
If you watch it for five years in a row, you're going to be fucking taking on the beliefs it's presenting as yours. Yeah? And you'll fucking fight and die for them. And they're not, they never even came out of you. They were fucking put on you. <laughs> this is what's happening. We're being saddled by a view called self-centeredness that I don't care what kind of horse you are. They don't like saddles usually. I don't know. I like to be free range in a way. <laughs> I don't what, watch that in my mouth a bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> your vision would, of course, render this quite unnecessary. Yet, if your eyes are closed, that's the prerequisite, and you have called upon this thing to lead you, asking it to explain to you the world it sees, you have no, no reason not to listen. Yeah, you have no reason not to listen. You set it up to be you, and you're going to listen to you. Just like if you realize what you are, or actually what you're not, you would listen to the silence, as more, much more so than you listen to the fucking head. And it would, downloads have volumes of information, and not one word is uttered. Mind will download tons of information, and it's not based on time or weight, it's just tons of information. Yeah. Yet if your eyes are closed and you have called upon this thing to lead you, asking it to explain to you this world it sees, you have no reason not to listen, nor to suspect that what it tells you is not true. <laughs> You'd look great with that jacket. <laughs> Spend a thousand dollars. Then two days later, oh, I look fucking shitty. And of course you lost the receipt. You can't return it. <laughs> but that minute when it said you look great, it sure seemed like it was real. But then another day goes by and not looking so great. Its truth doesn't withstand even a, a little bit of time. Yeah, it can change like everything. You can be so sure of something, and then you're unsure of it a half hour later. That's the that's the looking. That's relying on a failed system. That's what it's like. You can't even follow your own gut anymore. You're doubting your own uh, intuition. So here it goes. Reason would tell you it cannot be true because you do not understand it. God has no secrets. He does not lead you through a world of misery waiting to tell you at the journey's end why he did this to you. That's your head. Can you imagine if you've been listening to your head your whole life and then just when you're going to about die and it's like you're in you're like maybe two breaths before your last breath and you're going to die and then the head proclaims, You've really fucked up. <laughs> and you pass away. What a bad note to end this little song on. You know? But if you've been listening, if you firm in faith in that Greek oracle, when it pontificates and passes down a verdict, you're going to fucking accept it wholeheartedly. You're going to take yourself to be a body. How could you not? You've been listening to it forever. I love this chapter. This speaks, man. It blows my mind. This is like I'm having. It's like I'm still having a seven point eight tremor from it. It just vibrates the space for me. I love it. Do you see the possibility? You couldn't describe it even that any better. He's telling you, in a sense, simultaneously. There's an offering, a mental offering, and that which never has to put its hand out because it's always been offered. That's what happens. You're either awake to that. Or you're seemingly asleep to that. That's it. 
It doesn't change the fact that that's so. It just changes the fact now, in this little stretch of time, so that which is so can seem not to be so. It can't. It can't last. It would. It would immediately. It would not even immediately. It would never even appear in eternity. But in time, it can seem to be so, because we are the reality. So if we believe something, it can seem to be real. We the one to hold it in its place. It doesn't have a place. Everything there is nothing here. It's empty in a sense. Yeah. Read that. It's the second chapter, second paragraph, 468. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I didn't have to go through 467 pages to get there. I just turned to it, and there it was. It's fucking far out. It saved me a lot of time. Because that's well worth more than 467 pages. That's like a fucking incredible download. Because you see it. It's not excluding anything. It's saying something's going on while there's something that's really going on. Yeah? And really, the weight or the meaning or the, the emphasis is really where the, where the part. Either we're leaning one way or the other way. If we're leaning into the inness, the inness will seem as real as possible. If there's a leaning into the ofness, the ofness will override the inness. And what you're looking for in this place is not of this place. It's of us. That's where this true satisfaction is, because satisfaction has to be as constant as that which is looking for satisfaction. And that can only be what we are. So when that page, this part is clear, then you look can look at how that impossibility seems to be possible. What facilitates it? What reinforces it? Yeah, which is primarily the thought system and the perceptual system. In other words, the brain is interpreting to the body. So all the thoughts about are, are you really about you as a body, and whatever your the thoughts are about you as are framed as you as a body. So when you're thinking you're a spirit, you're thinking of you as a spirit in the frame of being a body. The frame doesn't go anywhere. Everything that goes in and out of the frame is influenced by the frame. You don't see the frame, but it influences every picture that appears. Yeah? That's the frame. The frame is the self-centered basis. The seeing is not, has been seemingly forgotten, and a form of looking has taken its place. And that, that form of looking is informing us of life based on us being a body. That's what it's doing. That's its job, and it's doing a good job of it. Yeah. Either we can be, have, be firm in faith in that, which will give it a, a life it could never possibly ever have, or our faith can shift to something else, or actually, for me, let's have the faith up for grabs and know that that power, that greater power, that oneness, that awareness, will, be, will lead the attention to where it should be. I'd rather not have anything to do with it. Yeah? Really, it's like being on an operating table. My job is just not to play, you know, not to get up and don't play doctor. Yeah? So, hey, all right. The firm, the, I'm not firm in faith in that anymore. I'm not. I understand exactly what it's saying. It's not talking to me. It's not informing me of anything I really want to know. Yeah? It's, it's a message for something, but it ain't me. I'm clear on that. All right. 
There, now the interest and attention is up for grabs, and I've seen it placed in a position of neutrality. That's always available at all times. And now that interest and attention that used to enslave me to that to he listening incessantly to that voice that never speaks at me, truly, yeah, that now I'm freed from that slavery and it enriches my moment now. Not my moment, this moment. I'm present because I haven't entertained any possibility I could not not be. There's no fucking way I'm not awake. It doesn't matter how bad I feel, I'm seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, you know? No matter how great I feel, I'm seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Does the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and touching ever exhibit any thought or effort? No. Then why would I think thought or effort could get me there? That's how the mental state sees it. It sees you as a body, and so a bo- what does a body do-, do? It does things. It efforts. It efforts to make something so. But what so does, need, does not need any efforting, and it doesn't need any vigilance. It, ha- it needs recognition by seeing what you're not. That's the recognizing of what you are. You're the seeing of what you're not. That's how you recognize what can't be recognized. You see the failedness of the system that's been seemingly leading you, yeah? And you're open to be moved to another modality. And I'll tell you something, grace will gladly do it. Grace will gladly place you in a position of neutrality with no thought or effort on your part. And then what happens there? Now the vision is clearly, clearly communicating. <laughs> yeah. It makes fucking sense. It's sort of like, why would I auction today for tomorrow? Like, all the time. You know what I mean? I mean, how many deadlines can I have in a life? Every time I go to work, there's another fucking deadline. How many deadlines, when, you know, it seems like a lot of it, huffing and huffing and puffing, you know? Basically, nothing's ever really happened. So here, this seems to be happening. I'd like to be engaged here. Not as an effort, not as I've gotten into the moment, but by realizing I could not ever, ever be out of a moment. There's no way I could have ever been out of any moment. That's how I have the experience of being in a moment. That's how it stabilizes. Because it's not based on me getting into the moment, it's based on I could never possibly have ever been out of a moment. That's the backdoor logic. That's how it's worked for me. Others may share it a different way. This is how it's worked for me. And you invited me here. I'm gonna, I can't share it. I'm a card salesman. Seriously. All you're going to get is cod. You can sushi it. You can grill it. You can, you know, panko it. But it's not... I don't care about salmon or mackerel. I, that's not my kiosk. People can sell you salmon. Maybe you like salmon better than cod. I have no opinion on that. But I don't compare my cod to salmon or mackerel. But I'm telling you, this is how it's, it's looked from the cod. Yeah? You're not going to get to anywhere that you already are. It's impossible. What you do is a wrench will be thrown in the in the logic of the mental state and will produce a huge hiccup or a huge pause and then a lot's revealed. Yeah? Because when something that you call as is always implying and 
and assuming and pointing to you, when it stops and there's no pointing, it's very obvious there is no you as it presents itself. Yeah? And yet something continues. You're that. You're not a body. Come on. Seriously. Why, how, would you just, how would you explain all the space? You know, it's the most, it's the most ever-present event here, yet we don't have you know, it's just, this is what's all important to me, you. But here, I used to always use this. If you took this wall down, you wouldn't have to call a place that, like, uh, stores space to have a certain size space and move it in before, if not, that you'd see the void. No, there is, this hasn't taken up any space, it's appearing in space. When this removes, space isn't lighter. If you weighed it, it wouldn't be lighter because this heavy wall was removed. What's, what's the difference between this and this? This isn't taking up space, this is appearing in space. Where all of this is an appearance in mind. This doesn't have a mind, this isn't minding, it's an appearance in mind. All, you take all of us out of here, the mind is still the mind. It's as, as, as empty as it always been. And if you put eight zillion of us in it, it's still going to be the same way. We have absolutely no effect on space. <laughs> We're appearing in it. Look at this. Do you ever feel any, oh, space just fucking pushed my elbow in? No, no. It fucking gives way completely. It's beautiful because you're not here. <laughs> You'd have to be real to have a force against, and you're not. <laughs> if you see what you're not, just if you. The difference between thoughts, if you could travel a day where thoughts were listened, was heard as thoughts, not listened to as mine, but heard, your day would probably be the lightest day you've had in a long, long time. It would reveal itself immediately, its value. The only value it has is here, where it can be forgotten, yeah? If you went, if just, if you had an hour of thought stream and, and, None of them were, like, connected to my, yeah? They were just thoughts. They would be only heard. There would be a hearing of them. They would not produce any movement through the body. When it would say, turn left, you wouldn't turn left. When it say, turn right, you wouldn't turn right. When it said, look up, you wouldn't look up. You wouldn't be taking your directions anymore from the thought system. And I'm telling you, find out where, when, where you'll be led when you stop taking instructions from that failed system. It may be quite revelatory to you. All new branches of behavior can occur. The same old, same old will be interrupted by pause, by a pause, by that space that we are. When you show up in your own life, that's what you've been looking for your whole life. That's what can change this life here, is when you finally show up. We call When we show up, we call it a pause in recovery. But it's actually us. It's us in the rightful position of being a horse in front of the cart. The body is a cart, and the horse is the space, is the spirit. When that, when, when that catches life for us, its translation of life is totally different than the cart's translation of life. Much more direct... Not a lot of tons of repetition, just bam, 
You can be convinced like that. You can come to a belief with certainty like that. A nanosecond. It doesn't have to pile on fucking advertising. It is what it is. I'll tell you, when I was out there, dominated by the self, the thought system, my managing life led me to have to be managed by others. I got jailed. I got put into rehabs. I was institutionalized. I couldn't make it out for more than a week out on the street without getting arrested. Because I had a huge discomfort and I, knew I wanted to get loaded. I wanted to forget it. And as soon as I drank, I found out that I had magnetic appeal to people in uniform. So as soon as I started to drink, I would cause a ruckus. I would be the ruckus. And I'd get arrested quite a lot. And I'd get out and the imperative to get relief was so dominant that the alcoholic of my type was I was willing to pay any consequence tomorrow not to feel uncomfortable now. That's what this feels like when I'm led by that system, that failed system, that form of looking called self-centeredness. It leads to an incredible fucking uncomfortableness which I will do anything to get relief from it, but the whole thing is captured by that same mistake. I try to, I don't get try to get relief from it, I get relief for it. I feed the beast by my t- attempts to escape. It gets bigger the more I move away from it. Yeah? The feeling was correct, but the way it was directed wasn't correct. It was directed by selfing, which produced... Uh, it would be like this. This is how it was almost every day. So, all right, I was maybe... Uh, I had a court date, yeah? Maybe October 10th. And this was around September 27th. So I was afraid if I went to court, I'd go to jail, because that sometimes happens with me. So, and I was really afraid to go to jail again. So I was in this quandary. And so I went to the Greek oracle. I went to that which I always rely on. And I said, oh, great one, what should I do? And so it said, just don't go to court. I said, wow, that's a fucking great idea. So I took that in, didn't really question it. When did I ever question it? I, took, I, had, I was firm in faith to the system I was. For, without any evidence to be firm in faith, I had an unusual faith in that which deserved no faith. So, all right, October 10th comes. Hey, I'm not sweating anything. And I'm sitting there, I'm supposed to be here at 9 o'clock, I'm, I'm drinking some beer, I'm thinking about the poor Jamok sweating in the courtroom, and I, ah, like, what an answer, I'm free from it. And then three days later, I'm driving my girlfriend's car, and the police pull me over, which I throw a little tantrum, because I don't think I deserve it, because I didn't do anything. And I have my register, and I give it to him, but he, I said, why did you pull me over? He says, do you have a broken taillight? So he goes back to his car, police car, and they sometimes stay in there like 20 minutes. I'm like, you must have, it's like a fucking novel they have about you. Because you're in there looking in the rearview mirror and they're just sitting there. And you're hurt to do, your head's having a field day. What possibly is going to happen to the action figure? And then suddenly they come up and if you hear this statement, you're going to jail, which is, Mr. Hedman, will you please step out of the car? So I step out of the car and they arrest me. And I go, why, why? He says, well, you missed the court date. And so a bench warrant was, was uh, issued, and that means as soon as any cop gets you, they, you go right to jail. So now, I'm in jail, and I have two court dates. When I went to the Greek oracle, 
All I had was one court date, and I had a fear of jail. Now I'm in jail, and I have two court dates. That was just one strain of thought, one little moment in one day. That went on for months and months and years and years and years. And so there was no mystery why I was fucked. Look at what I was listening to. It would tell me to run away from the cops in the dead-end alley, which is always going to get your ass kicked. I swear to God, and I would immediately start running. It was fucking crazy. I know the failedness, and anyone in recovery, if they've had that deep, pitiful, incomprehensible demoralization, they know what has led them has failed them. There's no fucking way. The problem is, they can't see it's different than them. Because they're in the act of being identified as that. So they believe the freedom they so surely would like, that has to go along with it. And that's not freedom. It's freedom from that, not for it. But in identification, you're calling what you could be from, you. Yeah? So then every freedom and every greatness and every possibility is framed as, you're going to get free. And you, as what you're not, is never going to be free. I went through it. A lot of us have. I don't have, you know... To me, the big book of AA is one of the greatest scriptures of all. Incredible description of the problem. And it so rings true for people who have lived under that problem in such an extreme way, it's undeniable that it's a parasite or a possession. You really get a sense it's, never, it's not you, but it takes you over. Well, that sense is a fucking authentic, valuable sense. It isn't you. But it presents itself as you in the thought system. And so when you're entertaining being free, you're entertaining being free as that, when the only freedom is from it. That's how it works. Um, yeah. So the exact nature of my mom is I would say the exact nature is identification as what you're not. That's the root of it. That's what I'm not. That's what... No, you're identified as that that thinks it's powerless and it would be great if it had power. You're not that. Can you say that one more time, please? The root to me, or the exact nature of the seeming wrong, there is no wrong, it just seems to be wrong, is identification as a self. So... All the obsessions the mind gets into is to reinforce that primary obsession, which is, I'm a self. Yes? All the addictions are basically trying to get relief from those. All the drug shots I ever did and every drink, I was trying to get out of that, which I took myself to be in. The bondage of self. The bondage of self. That's, all, that's what spawns all other addictions. And everyone here is recovering from something. I mean, the seeking... If, if just in this room, if the seeking that's in this room could turn into electricity, it could probably light up Seattle for tonight. Yeah. <laughs> There's something that's motivating agitation, and I say it's agitation. That agitation is being identified as what you're not. And so everything builds off of that. If you want to look at it as a linear, it's not, but let's just see it 
as what precedes and what comes after, to me that, the identification itself is the base. And then there's riffing on that, on and on. And it appears in different degrees, you know, like bigger and smaller, but it's all the same thing. Yeah? We're trying to get salvation for that which we're not, instead of from that which we're not. Yeah? Spirituality is thrown in the same mix. Doing drugs is the same thing. Going up the corporate ladder is the same thing. Yeah? We're trying to be free as that instead of from it. Yeah? When it fails, usually people blame themselves. So the systems protect itself greatly because it's self-centeredness. So when a system fails, you'll think it was you instead of questioning the system. Yes? It's almost like a foolproof mechanism. You'll take it, you, did, you didn't do enough, or you didn't do this, or you didn't do that. That's all self-centeredness. We're being led by a failed system of thought and perception. Yes? You could change perception. Just put on a pair of sunglasses. That's how easily it's changed. And yet we're relying on it completely to verify the facts that aren't facts, aren't we? We're listening to the thought system, not hearing it. Hearing is what happens. Listening to it is different. We're listening to the thought system to advise us, to tell us who we are and what we are all day. And it, it speaks to us as a body. It interprets this place as a body. That would be great if you were a body, but you're not. Really. You know, it would be great if you were a body. I mean, it would be a doing a yeoman's job. I mean, it's obsessed over you all day. It would be fucking probably, you would think it would produce the best results because you're totally interested in self. Why does it seem to go awry so much? It's off. You can't correct an offness by doing more of the same. Like Einstein says, you can't go to the system that produces the problem to get a solution to it. Yeah? You can't think yourself out of thinking. You can't do yourself out of doing. You can't feel yourself out of feeling. This isn't about changing doing unless you have to. If what you're doing is arrest, getting you arrested, maybe it should change. But it's about who is the doer? Is there a doer? If there is no doer, the meaning of the doing will look totally different to you than when it's you doing it. When it's you doing it, it has a total different interpretation. It does. It's so much more weight put into it if, you, if it has anything to do with you. That's the traveling later. It's not changing a damn thing. It's not changing, oh, should you or shouldn't you be worrying about next week? It's just sort of pondering a little bit of suspicion. Well, who is it that's worrying about next week? I don't care about worrying about next week. There is no next week anyway. But let's ask, who is it? Because the, uh, there's an assumption it's you, obviously. And that's why you're so interested in it. If you had the assumption it was Stanley that was worrying about next week, you would fucking turn it off. Because you have no interest in what, how Stanley's going to do next week. Because you have no interest in how Stanley's doing now. <laughs> really? But the funny thing is, our extreme interest in how we're going to do next week becomes the dominant influence in how we're seemingly doing now. That's the insanity of this fucking place. How we believe we're going to be next week has probably a bigger role than anything that's actually happening here. Most people who are upset right now are very, really upset by Sunday. They're upset by last week and next week. 
That's called, that's not a response, that's a reaction. That's an interpretation. There's nothing right or wrong with it, but let's not call it the real thing. There is no fucking Coke in this place. There is no the real thing. Nothing, no thing is real. Where the reality, lending itself to things through the faith, the firm faith in a failed system that sees us as a thing. I'll say it again. You and I are the dreaming of the dream. We forget that we're dreaming, which is totally impossible. It can seem to be so in time, but not in eternity. Yeah? The dreaming has never forgotten its dreaming. <laughs> never. The dreamt can forget that it's dreamt. Yes? Because that's part of the dreaming. So, you and I are the dreaming of this dream. We forget that we're dreaming. And at, when, we, when there's the forgetting that we're dreaming, right then and there, the possibility of us giving everything we've given meaning to, giving everything that, that we gave meaning to to give meaning to us. So now, thoughts held as yours, own you. Feelings held as your feelings, own you. Yeah? Do, doings held as your doings, own you. The mental owns stuff, and then what it owns, owns you as a mental idea. You're now enslaved by your own meaning. You've given things. It's an imaginary heist. If you see it, I'm telling you, the, the, the brazen thief will get very meek, and will just oof, put the silverware down and just slink out of there. When you catch it, not when you've studied it and know it's happened, when you see it's happening. When you're seeing it, that's it. That's where the freedom lies. It's not in knowledge or understanding. It's in seeing. You use the understanding to sort of... It's like, a, you know, when you're in the, the movies, the police movies, there's an artist that will give a drawing of who they think is the culprit. Yes? That's sort of what an understanding is like. So you hear this... It gives you an understanding. And then when you witness the heist, you'll, whoa, you'll see, oh, it's him. <laughs> That's the value of understanding. <laughs> but the real value is the vision. Yeah? The v understanding while vision is fucking dead. Understanding with vision can help point things out to us that we need pointed out to. So we can understand, hey, perhaps there's a heist going on before I even knew it. All right? So now I got the composite drawing or whatever from the guy, the police artist. Oh, there it is. Hey. I say, oh, oh, he puts the silverware down. <laughs> you catch him a few times, he's not as brazen as he used to be. Then you'll be listening to him trying to convince you all day. Not talking as you, but it'll be like a voice talking to someone else saying, yeah, let's do that. You're not complying, so it has to convince you, right? That's a good position to be in. Because if you're in resting in certainty, you can't be convinced, convinced by that failed system. You see it for what it is, failed. Just like it says there. You see that that which has no understanding doesn't give me any understanding. Yeah, that's it. Then you sense it or whatever. I mean, really, if I saw someone came from a big festival 
and they were just exuding bliss and everything from tons of experiences, I would say, well, here's the bad news. Because <laughs> this isn't about an experience. It goes along with experiences, but it's not an experience. You know? So I can have a blissful experience, but the baseline isn't an event, and it's not an experience. It's got duration and length, beyond length and duration. Yes? So there, true reliability arises because it's always available at all times. And the true reliability can become very, very ease-producing because it's not up to you. It's not in your hands. Yeah? It's not based on you. That's what produces so much anxiety. When you believe peace is based on you, you get anxious about peace. Yeah? When you believe enlightenment is based on you, you get anxious about enlightenment. But if it isn't about you, you'll respond appropriately. When something is always available at all times, you will rest in that assurance. No matter how much huffing and puffing is going on, you'll still be sitting, seeing. Yeah? It's the, the appropriate response. When you find a place that's restful, the appropriate response is to rest. When you find a place agitated, the appropriate response is to try to get out of the agitation. But if you're the agitator, all you do is whip it even more up. Yes, that's the dilemma they've all talked about. We're taking ourselves to be something that we're not. That's the end and the beginning point. It can be the end or it can be the beginning. If it's the beginning, you proceed it. If it's the end, you're there. Yes? The bondage is not after freedom, or after freedom is not after bondage, it's prior to bondage. It's prior. You see, there is no real bondage. It can seem as real as real can be, and it does. And if that if your house is burning down, you don't need a message that there is no one and there's no house. You need to know where water is. Yeah? That's the level confusion of the Course of Miracles. I love it. Yeah? So you speak to where the mind is manifesting. Yes? You're not going to lay you're not a person when that person's feeling totally, totally bereft. You give, you know, you give them water. That's the appropriate response. And maybe after they've drank their full, then you can entertain other possibilities. Yes? There was a teacher I used to go see in India, and everyone who was new, he'd have them sit in the questioning chair, and the first thing he'd say to them, do you have a place to stay tonight? Have you eaten today? Because if you don't, it's pointless to speak this. Yeah? You need a place to stay. You need to get some food. Yes? First things first in, in time. Yes? First things first. Get the fire out. I have people call me that have too much non-duality in their head. So they're sitting there and you can feel their trouble, but if they go on 15, 20 minutes, I know... Uh, my girlfriend's not a person, and I'm not a person, and I'm just waiting, and finally they just start crying. I said, thank God, you know. I don't know how long I could take it. And they had to go around, because they were afraid that if an emotion demonstrated, it implied there was someone that was emotive. Yes? Some insane fucking thing they made non-duality. <laughs> it was unbelievable. We can get. I used to say, you know, you drop an alcoholic into heaven, it'll be hell in a day. Yeah, we can fuck anything up by observing it. We can. 
Seriously. When we turn this bifocal way of looking at anything, we can make shit out of the greatest gift of all time. <laughs> it's just mind-boggling. It really is. We're like miracle workers all day. I can't understand. We don't understand that. We're making shit out of nothing all day. If you're in recovery, he says we're the manufacturer of our own misery. What is he talking about there? Misery is manufactured. And you're the manufacturing plant. And the beautiful news is you're not. You could give up the stocks in that plant that keeps producing misery when you realize it's not your fucking plant and it's not your stock. You could, you could disengage from that when you see it as something other than you. You cannot disengage from what you think is you. You'll disengage from everything else as that you, but you cannot disengage from what you think is you. You cannot entertain freedom from it if you're identified as it. You have to see you're not that, and then you can entertain. I can be free of it. And then, now, it's correct. It's correct view. Horse is in front of the cart, and now you entertain, and I bet you it will produce some, produce some effects here. As Jesus says, you know, you'll know the tree by its effects. A good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bring forth good fruit. You'll know the tree by its effects. You can't know the tree. You are it. But you'll know some, you're onto something when the fruits get better. Or in the course they say, you know, you and I are the dreaming of the dream, and we're going to dream ourselves out of the dream, which is happening right now, hopefully. And while you do, the dream will get happier. What a beautiful fucking statement. So chill out. Yeah. When this dawns on you, there'll be no emphasis on longing or missing. None of that. has. All that has to do with time, and this has nothing to do with time. So when, if it dawned on you all at once, it will be the one of the first downloads of it would be it's always been this way, it's never not been that way. You can talk to anyone on any continent that thinks this has happened to them, I guarantee. I would hope they would say that. Because that's how it's, I was seeing with me. Once it dawns on you, it's like it's always been this way, it's never not been this way. Yeah? Doesn't mean it appears that way from then on. It's like the mountain disappears, then it appears again. You see everything just like this is like a mirage, really. If you go to the mirage, you find out there's no water, and you walk away, you still see the mirage. Yeah. So you know the dream is a dreaming. You know it's dreaming, but the dreaming continues. Why not? talking long and fucking I never let these things go this far I'm getting too soft any questions take your time I mean how much you know really we beat the horse it's dead you know we just beat it it's not rolling over there's no life to it you know if you turn away it's not going to suddenly get up like you know Michael Myers and Halloween, you know, it's not, it's said, it's not there, it never was, so. Mm. There's tons of places to go to get help, there is. This isn't one of them, hopefully. I'd like you all to get nothing, really. If you keep getting nothing, you'll realize something. It's when you get something, man. 
that, that just prolongs the fucking suffering. Yeah, there's tons of ways to get help. If you need, think you really need help, get help. Don't let an idea get in your way. Don't let a fucking non-duality idea stop you from getting the help that you need because you're thinking there is no you that needs help and you really fucking need help. <laughs> Just get the help. It's not you. The action figure needs a lot of maintenance. My Toyota ran out of the warranty. They got some blown tires and shit like that. Time has a magical effect on things. It erodes them. Right? <laughs> you get worn down like a rock with water. So this is this you know taking care of this. If that's your predilection, is not uh, misdirected. Yeah, it has it all built in. It's got a self-maintenance program. And it does a whole lot better when it's not called the center of the universe. <laughs> really. It's way too much for a body to be the center of the universe. Yeah. <laughs> well, can you imagine if you were all that you think about? What a fucking... What a, it was like a magnification of nothing to such a point it seems like something. <laughs> oh, man. This Urban Renewal Project stopped. It was the fucking greatest day. I swear to God. It wasn't being reviewed every day. <laughs> What's wrong with me? What needs to be worked on? Fuck it all. I'm going to my true predilection, slackerhood. Yes. If I'm going to practice Buddhism, it's going to be laying down Buddhism. That's my that's my sect. <laughs> it's all this striving and efforting, not my cup of tea. <laughs> really, doesn't feel like a slavery. Really, to move on to the next bigger and better moment. So yeah, that's it for me. Any questions? Fantastic. <laughs> Did my job well. <laughs> well, I'm really happy you had me here. Thanks for it. Thanks for it all. And you know, just we have a website, you know, Zenvislav, and con tons of content on there for free. Because I believe here, you know, one of the main uh, deliverers of the poison is repetition, so we'd like to use it as an antidote. So you can repeat an invitation quite a lot. I hate to be under having a repeating a dissertation, but an invitation you can repeat quite a lot, yeah? So I find that's, that's helpful. And then you get, to, when you understand the wording, you may see some genius logic in how it's presented over time. A lot of people really like me a few years later. I'm like a delayed reaction. Seriously. I get these emails. I thought you were fucking crazy. Now I understand. Because remember, the message is thrown over your head. The message isn't to you about being a mind, it's to mind about you. It's not directed at you at all. 
I don't care. It's probably better, less understanding. You've all been served the spiritual subpoena, and you're going to be called to the court of light, and see what happens. I have faith. I have faith in mind. I do. The way it happened with me, by a simple little interruption of one card, the whole thing looked different. It doesn't take much. It's just a tiny, really uh, mythical calibration. You, know, you never uh, have never been uncalibrated correctly, but it can seem to be. So there's when the solution happens, the solution reveals there was no problem, and so there's now no need for a solution. That's how it works. Yeah? So you see, it's an activity. And you see, you have a lot to do with the activity. You're not, it's hap- not doing it. Selfing isn't happening to you. There's an act of compliance with it. We're firm in faith concerning certain things, and that's what's fueling the whole seeming dreaming, is our belief in it, yeah, our faith in it. So if you lose faith in that which is causing you to have this sense of being a body, that, that tenuous connection will become very tenuous. You'll see clearly you're not that. And then that vision will inform you what's happening here, and it's much more precise and much more succinct than all the fucking advertising the mental state proclaims. Because the mental state's selling you a product. All this does is reveal the vision. All right, Grace. To a smoothie. Thank you so much for having me. And if you want to eat, we'll go whatever you guys want to do. My, my limousine, you know, I'm going to escape. I can't be with the commoners. <laughs>
Yeah. 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 One milligram of yeah, yeah, I think it's probably a lot more than Less than 10 to 1. Yes, but they don't show you what the uh, CBD is on that box. Alright, I'll but check I it out. It's just a little bit of nervous, and I'll say, Hey, thanks, man. Yeah, no Are you going to stay in touch with me? Yeah, we'll do it for sure. Yeah. yeah.
Yes, our numbers are dwindling. Too late. 
leave a sour taste yeah. in there, man. After all this? Yeah. I don't think that was good. I can't bite the hand that feeds me.
Except Saturday, Sunday.